Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Now, being a new creature, I'm going to go ahead and just get started on this. Being a new creature, he's not talking about quantitatively new. He's talking about qualitatively new. You have a new quality about you that God is doing something new in you. In other words, God says he's going to do something in you that you've never seen before. He's going to take you places that you've never been before. He's going to bring people into your life you've never seen before. These are all new things. We need new things in our lives because sometimes if we get stuck in the old, we won't be able to move and we will be incapacitated by being where you used to be and you will miss where God is trying to take you. Somebody said new thing. Now, last week we started off, I just want to do a little recapitulation so you can understand where we were last week, and I'll bring you back forward. And so we talked about the science. It's called dendrochronology. That's what it's called, the study of the rings in trees. And a dendrochronologist, uh, they can discern, based on studying the rings of a tree, they can, they can discern the lifespan of a tree just by studying the rings. Now, if we understand that God is omnipresent, that means he's everywhere at one time. He's in our past, our present, and our future. And God is not in linear times. We, we are in linear time. We, we can only see linearly, but God is not in linear time. God is not subject to time. God created time. Therefore, God sees everything at one time. He sees when you were born all the way down to when you're going to the grave and he sees it all at one time he's I'm not he's everywhere he was there when you were born uh, he was there when you you did your first sin uh, he was there when you got saved and he will be there when you take your last breath God is everywhere at all times He's omnipresent, but he's also omniscient, all, meaning uh, omni, all, that means that he's everywhere. He's all-encompassing, but the word science means science. That means that God is also all-knowing. And since God is all-knowing, he's the creator of science, then God is what we are, are, are calling uh, the person who can understand the rings. God created science. He understands the rings of science. Therefore, God understands the rings in your life. So in other words, God sees everything. He supernaturally sees it all because he's a dendrochronologist. <laughs> That's a big word. And what does he see? Well, God, everything is open and naked to the eyes of the Lord. Therefore, when God looks at our lives, he can see the rings that have been left from an abusive alcoholic father. When God looks at our lives, he can see the rings that have been le left by bad relationships. He can see the rings that have been left by people who you thought was going to encourage you, but they discouraged you. Uh, you can see rings. He can see rings in your life full of disappointments, full of pain, full of uh, 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 different things that has happened in your life that have caused you to be paralyzed and not really capitalize on your future because there are certain things that maybe have been exposed by your past that you haven't dealt with yet. These are critical things because they can keep you bound. Yes, you can go along very well for many years, and some of us do. Some of us pose. Uh, we pretend. We, we, we have a beautiful smile in church, got a nice suit on, but Inside, you're depressed, you're hurting, and you don't want people to know you're hurting. Why not? Uh, oh, I can handle this on my own. Uh, you wouldn't understand. How will you know if a person will understand unless you start to talk about what you're going through? See, the devil is a master at keeping you private in your sin. 
See, he does not want you to expose it because the moment you expose it, it is just like ripping a Band-Aid off of a sore. It hurts initially, but it's good for you because without the, the fresh air blowing on your wounds, it won't really heal. And covered sores don't heal. If you cover it too much, it will begin to fester. Uh, disappointments, negativity. There's a lot of things that we go through in a church. And yes, I know you came to the altar and you said a prayer. And I know you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. I know you might be doing things for the Lord. But just because you're doing things for the Lord doesn't necessarily mean you don't still deal with stuff. And I want to be in a place, saints of God, that as a pastor of this church, if I'm dealing with something, I want to be able to come to you and say, I'm struggling with something and I need you to pray, not talk. Yes, we want other people to be sensitive when we mess up. But are we sensitive when others mess up? Everybody's going to mess up sooner or later. So since we already know that about each other, can we love each other through it anyway? So I'm already telling you, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to say something you're not going to like. It's going to happen, saints of God. I don't intentionally try to hurt anybody when I preach. I'm very dogmatic about my beliefs. So I'm going to preach it the way the Lord gave it to me. However, sometimes the approach might be wrong or the facial expression might be wrong. Or how I said it might be wrong. I will be the first one to come up to you and repent and say, I'm sorry at the way I said it. Here's what I meant. See, I would rather bring reconciliation than to try to tell you what I said was right. Well, I already know it was right. Because it's going to come straight out of the word of God. So since I already know it's right, what I'm trying to do is get to reconciliation, not to what's right. And see, God wants to reconcile us. And sometimes it's better to be reconciled than to be right. I need to talk to some of the marriages in this house right now because sometimes we always want to be right. <laughs> God is saying sometimes you just need to be reconciled. Hello, somebody. Things ain't working out. You might need to start fasting and praying. Push that plate back until the love of God gets back in your heart. Or you might need to get away from each other. Yeah, I said it. Sometimes you might not be in the right relationship. Oh, pastor, what the Bible says. I know what the Bible says. I know exactly what it says. It says in the book of Malachi, God hates divorce. But maybe you don't understand the context. So let me explain it. When God said he hates divorce, you're going to have to read the whole chapter to understand why he hated it. He hated divorce in the context of these Jewish men divorcing their older wives and going in these younger wives. And in that context, God says, I hate divorce. That is not a generalized statement that we move on everything that we do. If you are in a bad relationship, my wife will tell, we'll tell you this right now. You need to know what kind of relationship you're in. I am not going to just tell people you just need to stay together because the Bible says that. The Bible don't say that at all. That was an Old Testament scripture talking to the priest. Now, I'm the pastor in the church. I'm not getting ready to divorce my wife to get no young wife. That was a rebuke. The whole book of Malachi was talking to the leaders. If you read the book right and you keep the book in context, the book was about leaders. The book was about the priests. It's about the bishops, the apostles, the bishop that get up and says, well, you know, me and my wife, we just wasn't working out. And the Lord spoke to me and I married my church secretary. That's a lie, bishop. In that context, God hates divorce. So now y'all are going to go and read it and see, right? Good. You need to. This is a pickpocket. Let me tell you, let me explain, because some of us being pickpocketed right now. <laughs> some of us have got pickpocketed by traditionalism. Nah, I ain't going to go there. All right, all right, okay. Pick, <laughs> pickpocketing is a form of larceny, guys, that involves the stealing of money or other valuables from the person of a victim without them noticing. Isn't it amazing how the devil can try to take stuff from you without you noticing? Isn't it amazing that sometimes Christians can do wrong, but they won't even repent of it because they've been doing it for so long they don't get convicted anymore? How can you 
say you're a Christian and you keep sinning. Well, you say, I quiet I got in here. All right, since that's the right place, I'm going to keep digging. If you had to give me a good amen, I would have moved on. You better know you're cute. So since you didn't give me a good amen, let me go ahead and dig. See, we got so much mixture in the church now that people who are involved in relationships that they know they shouldn't be involved in and they're doing things they know they shouldn't be doing. And then this is what they say. This is what they say. I've heard, I hear it all the time. They say, oh, God knows my heart. <laughs> let me, that's not a term of endearment. That is not a term of, see, listen, God does know your heart because the Bible says that, that our hearts are, are wicked. <laughs> so God does know our wickedness. Yeah, yeah. You can hide it from man, but you can't hide nothing from God. But see, matter of fact, before you even did what you were going to do, God knew you were going to do it. Before you even said that off of your tongue, God knew you was going to say it before you said it. God knows everything. It's already exposed to him. So you can't hide in church. You can hide from me. You can hide from the leaders, but you can't hide from God. You can front, you can pose, and you can still go home crying. Yeah, you can do that. But when you are in a place where God can bring real healing, real deliverance, why won't you just yield to it and let God do it? Why do people keep holding on to this stuff and you're depressed and you've been worrying and, and man, all kinds of things that happen in your life, you're unhealthy? Why? When God says, just give it to me. Why are you holding on to it? Why are you holding on? Why are you so arrogant? You don't know everything. You think you do. Nobody in here knows. There is no way I can preach everything in this Bible. There is so much stuff in this Bible I wish I knew. We're all learning. We're all trying to get to God. Why are you so rebellious? Why are you so cantankerous? What is it about you that makes you think you all that? I'm telling you right now, God has a way of breaking you down. God will get your attention by one of two ways, by revelation or by tribulation. I would just like to learn. God, just show me. Give me the word, God. I'll get it. But I don't want to have to go through anything. But if you don't get it by the word, if you don't get it by the preach word of God, he will bring tribulation. Just keep living long enough. You'll see. When God can get, to get you to a place where you completely yield to him, then you can hear him. See, when I was laying on that table, there was nowhere for me to go but to sit there and get that radiation. Things go through your mind. Thoughts about your life. Mm -hmm. Another way God gets your attention, have you, have you ever noticed how when you get so sick and you, got a, you're, you have a fever and you can't do anything, you're weak, you're just laying in the bed. Have you, you noticed how your prayer life, you just start praying? <laughs> Yeah, man, you know what I'm saying? You can't go nowhere. You sick, you weak, you can't even get up out of the bed. You just speak in tongues. Ha, ba, 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 ta, ta, ba, ba, ba. Your bed is just soaking wet. You can't go nowhere. You just feel so bad. Yo, ba, ba, ba. You just praying for everybody. Lord bless everybody. <laughs> you praying for your enemies, man. You praying for every Lord, just heal my body. But bless my enemies. <laughs> I thought that was just me. Praise God. So it's, <laughs> it's without them noticing that the theft at the time, they notice that, that they don't notice the theft at the time, but it requires considerable dexterity and, and a knack for misdirection. See, the enemy is a master at misdirecting people. Amen. So you need to understand about pickpocketing. Then you understand the message about being pickpocketed by your past. So the first thing we talked about last week was, let me move on ahead here, the reality of guilt. Because guilt is one of those things that can keep us bound. We talked about guilt being a bully. See, a guilt, guilt is like a, a, a pathologic uh, stalker. It, it just stalks you when you thought you've gotten over it. And at the strangest of times, here it comes. You can be in worship. You just worship the Lord. You ain't even thought about that thing in a long time. Then all of a sudden, here comes a thought. Here comes an image, an old relationship. Boom, right there. Oh, man, I knew I shouldn't have been there. Bam, right there. Guilt, it just stalks you. Man, I thought I was over that. And the devil said, you ain't over it. Think about it. Think about it. Come on, come on, dwell on it. And if you don't take that thought captive, 
and place that thought under the blood of Jesus, you will find yourself engaging in the thought. That's what the Bible talks about when it teaches you about um, lust when it's conceived. It does what? It brings forth sin. Sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. Lust, lust when it's conceived. Lust in itself is not bad until you conceive it. See, the thought itself is not bad until you take the thought in. And see, you can't allow the thought to take you to the place where you were. Hello, hello, can I get good and real in here? See, see, just because you thought that relationship was so good with that person when you were full of drugs and you was drunked up and you was doing all kind of lewd things when you was together, now all of a sudden you're in a wholesome relationship and you think that this wholesome relationship is not better than that relationship you had when you was in the world. You're being pickpocketed. Because when you were in the world, you were going to hell. Mm -hmm. Now, you might think that it was all that, but you wasn't all that back then either. You thought you were, but you weren't. See, that, that, that's, what, that's what this enemy will do. Lust, when it's conceived, you bring it in. And then you step to the next level, you start thinking about it. Mm -hmm. That's when it becomes sin, because now when you should have been worshiping, now you're thinking about that old relationship. Am I talking to somebody in here today? Yeah. See, I'm talking to you like this because this is how he tries to get me. But if you've been saved all your life, you don't have a whole lot he can bring up. I haven't been saved that long. So he has a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? He has a whole lot he can bring up in my past. Some things I have conquered, some things I have not. I'm just being honest with you here, saints of God. I don't walk around with a halo on my head speaking in tongues all day long. I work like you. God will try to protect us, but it's up to us to say no. God is not going to say no for you. God said, with the temptation, <laughs> he provides a way of escape. He didn't say he would take the temptation away. Man, I'm preaching. Ben, y'all letting on today. That's all right. I'm going to keep on preaching anyway. Guilt will bully us. And then the second thing we talked about is guilt will erode us. Little by little, guilt will take away your peace, your sanity. Man, if you just keep worrying about something, Especially, let me just say this, especially if you are in a situation where you know you, you, you are behind on things and you got bills to pay and you're looking at what's coming in and you're looking at what's going out. See, th th there's no worry like that kind of worry. And let me just add some other elements in there. You have a family and, and the rent is due. There's no worry like that kind of worry. See, see you, you, you praying but you're concerned. A am I talking to somebody here today? I, I, I am not trying to be all super spiritual. I'm trying to tell you this is what goes on. You, you, you're praying. As a matter of fact, you're trying to keep your faith. And when you get around certain people, you, you can't talk to them. Because, look, I, I, can't, I can't be talking to you right now. I got too much on my mind. I can't, you, you can't take me back. No, I got to think about what am I going to do right now to get my family out of this situation. And I can't be talking to people that keep trying to drag me back. You know what you need to know. I know what I need. I need to get, ready, get rid of you. That's what I need to do. <laughs> and listen, church people, listen to me closely. Telling people you just need to have faith don't help anybody. What the heck is that anyway? When I first got saved, I came off of the streets, old drunkard, just messed up, toe up from the flow up. I was just, I don't know, I probably wasn't like you guys. Y'all were probably clean and just wholesome, and y'all just fell into the Lord. But uh, he had to drag me. <laughs> so when I got into the church, I was what I guess some pastors would call rough. I was, you know, rough. <laughs> I was like Jatana. <laughs> <laughs> we're kind of rough right <laughs> I, I know i can say that because she's funny 
that's my girl, right? <laughs> I can talk bad about her because, you know, I love her. She, I know, she knows I have her heart and she's got mine. And uh, so when you're kind of rough, people just don't know how to take you, right? And see, it's not that I was, I was trying to do anything bad. It's just I didn't know. See, when you come off of the street, you don't know Christian protocol. I didn't know church protocol. I, I, didn't, I didn't know. I, I was just like, look, I just want to know some stuff about God. And I'm just trying to learn. I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know, you know. You know what I'm saying? There are some churches you go in and they expect you to know all their tradition. I, I don't know. Oh, I stand up and everybody's, everybody's standing up and I'm sitting down. I, I, I stand up, everybody's sitting down. I'm like, man, what are y'all? Make up your mind. Some places, I didn't know you couldn't say amen. I didn't know. I just thought all churches, oh, man, that's good. Amen. But you go in some place, you say amen, the usher, shh. I'm sorry. I didn't know church protocol. I was just rough. Some people come in the church, they rough. They're rough on the edges. They don't know all of our little etiquette. I don't expect them to know. You know what I want them to know? They, I want them to know how much I love them. I want them to come in here with earrings everywhere, tattoos everywhere. I want them up in here. Why? Because this is the place they're going to be loved. Hello, somebody. And I don't want nobody in this church looking down your little snooty nose because somebody don't look like you. Well, if God was to peer inside of your heart, he might see something dirtier than the person that you think is dirty. Talk to me, somebody. The Bible said, be careful how you stand. You point at somebody else. God is saying, you better check your little nastiness. I'm telling you right now. Oh, no, sir. No, sir. This is going to be the church that's going to make a big change in this region. And I can say that. It, it doesn't have anything to do with me being the pastor. Let me, just, let me just clarify it. It has everything with what God wants to do. And when God is going to do it, it doesn't matter if I'm the pastor or somebody else is the pastor. God is going to do exactly what he's saying he's going to do. Now, I would rather just obey God. I don't want him to step over my dead body having to bless somebody because I didn't obey. And God is not going to keep wrestling with people. At some point, God said, I'll give you up. God said, I'm not going to keep struggling with you. At some point, God said, okay, have it your way. You want to keep being that way? Keep being arrogant and rebellious and, and, and watch what happens in your life. And you're going to run into a wall. Mark my words, you live long enough, you're going to run into a wall where you have to completely say, God, I give myself up for you. That's what God is trying to get us to right now, saints of God. Can somebody say amen? All right, that was my recapitulation. Now I'm getting ready to preach the message. <laughs> so now we need to know the reasons for guilt. Well, the first reason, past sins committed. We just talked about that, didn't we? See, past sins committed. Um, there's a great scripture because of time. I'm not going to go there. We all know it. I will, excuse me, I will read a couple of verses there. It's over in Psalm 51. I want to read something to you. It's an amazing psalm. So let me read it in your hearing. You can write it in your notes. Psalm 51. It says, this is the psalmist David. He says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your love kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And then he goes down to verse 10 and he says, Created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast or a right spirit within me. And do not cast me away from your presence and do not take the Holy Spirit from me. That sounds like a man who understood guilt. That sounds like a man who probably has made a mistake. That sounds like a man that he probably did something that was against the commands of God. It sounds like a man who was guilty and he was see this is the prayer that David prayed after his sins were found out with him and Bathsheba come on somebody 
See, 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 it was the time when the men, the kings, should have been out at battle, but David stayed at home. Can I talk to the men for a second? When it's time for you to be in battle, when it's time for you to worship, when it's time for you to pray, when it's time for you to fast over your family, don't stay at home. Go ahead and fight the battle. That is a metaphor meaning if you don't go to the place where God wants you to fight, you will put yourself in a situation where the devil will show you your guilt. See, David's, David's arch nemesis was women. David had, David had a lust problem. I'm telling you, it was bad. He had a lust problem so bad, it got down to his sons to one of his sons raped his own sister. This is in the Bible. You don't, you don't need drama TV. You can just read the Bible and get enough drama. David had a lust problem so bad, at the end of his life, they put a little young thing in the bed. They put a little hot in the bed. And when the king didn't touch her, they said, the king is dead. Because if that brother didn't touch that little fine thing right there, that brother is dead. Isn't it bad when everybody knows your problem? David should have been at battle, but David was in the place where he should not have been. And he got up on the rooftop. Let me tell you something, saints. When you think you are all at and you try to go high, the devil is always going to bring you low. He went high on the rooftop and he began to see what he wanted. The devil will always show you what you want. Oh, glory to God. See, God, let me tell you something. See, if you like a man a certain way and he got to talk a certain talk and walk a certain talk, if you like bald-headed men, he's going to always bring you bald-headed men. If you are a man and you like women that are a certain shape, thighs like this, bam, pow, boom, then the devil is going to bring women to walk right by you because you think you all that. Oh, I'm good. Shoot. I don't do nothing against my wife. And then you still looking with lust in your heart. The rubber band just broke. You don't even bring your neck back. You just broke. You just lay it over there in the corner. I'm talking, man. Listen, listen. I work in Uptown. During CIAA. Come on, somebody. Hey, glory. I had to get a quicker than in, boy. I ain't never seen spandex like that. Glory, glory, hallelujah. I tell you what, never, never. That, that ain't, ain't something, something ain't right about that. Something ain't right. Something, I'm telling you, something ain't right. <laughs> something ain't right, ain't lying. <laughs> you got to have a special anointing to stretch stuff like that, ain't lying. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Ain't lying. Next month. I know I've been praying. I've been praying. Glory to God. <laughs> and let me tell you something, men of God. Let me tell you. This, this, is, this, is, this, this, is, this is it. I'm glad my wife works uptown. Ain't lying. Praise the Lord. Keep a brother straight. <laughs> so listen, this is, this is, this is the deal. God is not going to stop making pretty people. Yeah, you say, but you need to be consecrated. Mm -hmm. See how quiet it got? <laughs> Y'all said, did you hear that? Like my mama said, you hear a rat peeing on cotton. It got quiet in here, didn't it? Why? Why? Because y'all can relate to what I'm talking about. Right? You, you just let that brother walk by with, 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 that, with, with that Versace. No, no, that, that savage. That's savage. If you don't know what that is, boy, that's some good spelling stuff. So you just let that brother walk by, that woman go, oh, Jesus. And then you call the Lord. You know the Lord didn't have nothing to do with that. God didn't have nothing to do with what you just said. Oh, Jesus, he had nothing to do with it. That didn't have nothing to do with God. You know that was all your flesh. All up in the flesh. You said, oh, Lord, that ain't the Lord. <laughs> okay, let me move. Thank y'all for giving me that flexibility. <laughs> okay, let's get back into the word. See, David had reason to feel guilty because he was. Amen? See, let me read a scripture to you over in Genesis chapter 4, verse 7. It says, is it not true that if you do what is right, you will do well? But if you do what is wrong, sin lies at the door. And it desires to have you. 
That means to dominate over you. But you must subdue it. See, when, when this scripture happened in the Bible, this was with Cain. See, Cain made a mistake. His jealousy and his anger caused him to make a mistake. But Cain never repented. And if you can look at the lineage of Cain, you have a whole lineage of unrepentant people. If you make a mistake, repent quickly. Don't let it linger because it will come back to haunt you. Past sins committed. Regret is not repentance. Let me give you this one. Write this down. Regret causes us to be more bothered by the fact that others know our mistakes rather than the fact that we have disobeyed God. Let me say that one more time. Why y'all so quiet? You writing it down? Okay. Regret causes us to be bothered more by the fact that others know our mistakes rather than the fact that we disobey God. That's regret. Regret doesn't lead you to God. Regret pulls you away from God because you are unwilling to say when you are wrong. <laughs> are you seeing this with me here? Again, I, this series is not for a whole lot of preaching. This is for good teaching right here. Because just because somebody come down to this altar and say a prayer don't mean they got saved. Because if you don't change your ways and the way you think, you didn't get saved. So I, I don't really care about how many people come down to this altar and, whoo, we had 140 people. Whoo, we had 200 people got saved. Well, are they still saved after a week? Where are they? Are you able to disciple them? Because if I can't disciple you, I don't consider you saved. If you are unwilling to listen and get, have a teachable spirit, then maybe you're not saved. Hello, hello, hello. Right? You don't ever arrive. I love learning. I love when people can teach me something. Man, I got so much to learn. All of us do, right? But, but regret is not repentance. Regret moves you away from God. Repentance moves you towards God. Is that all right? Past sins committed, but past sins retold. See, this one got me because, and, and listen, what you're seeing here is my life. I just took my life and what I struggle with, and I put it in a message. Past sins committed because my, the sins that I've committed, man, that's why I feel guilty. Because I feel bad that I did some of those things. I knew I was doing wrong. Come on, y'all. Come on. You knew you were doing wrong, boo-boo. Don't be sitting up in here talking about, I just didn't know. I just slipped into Don't nobody ever slip into an adulterous affair. You don't ever slip into it. Oh, I just slipped. Don't know what. You know exactly what happened. It was intentional. Nobody slipped into sin. You did it because you wanted to. Now, y'all don't see how many going to look at me all holy. All right, then, since, since y'all going to be holy, let me just use my life. I knew every sin I did was wrong. I was not saved. Didn't even want to be in the church. I ain't like church people. I'm just I did not like church people because I would go to church, this particular church, and then they would try to tell me what I shouldn't be doing, and then I would be behind the church with the deacon, and they back there smoking, cussing, and drinking. And then you're going to tell me I'm living wrong. Well, at least I know I'm living wrong. <laughs> I know I'm living wrong. You're living wrong and don't even know it. Apparently you don't because you up there preaching and then you behind the church doing all kinds of things. Now listen, listen, and when I say stuff like this, I'm not trying to put a bad mark on the church either. I love God's house. I'm talking about people in the church. And there are certain times, certain people in the church, they can really hurt your relationship. That was one of the reasons why I'm like, shoot, if I got, if that's church, I don't want no part of that. Come on, saints, am I talking to you real? Can I just be real? Because if, if, that's, if that's church, 
then that's not that's why so many people right now they say well I love God I just don't like the organized religion you hear that all the time right not no and, and they they have a good heart they have good intentions but they have been hurt so bad by these pimp preachers who all they want is your money and there are some out there but that's not all preachers I, I don't ever have to beg anybody for money God blesses me he'll bless me even when you don't that's one thing I don't have to worry about. As long as I stay holy, as long as I live a righteous life, as long as I stay married and committed to my wife and raising my children and preaching his gospel, God said he's going to take care of me. He will do the same for you. Just hang on in there with God. Amen? Listen, let me tell you something. How many of you like ESPN? How many sports people I got in here? I got a lot of sports people. You know, sports people... They can tell you statistics 25 years ago and can't give you three scriptures out of the Bible. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. That's a joke. That's, don't get so serious. It's just a joke. <laughs> Man, y'all so serious. I'm just kidding. I love, I love people who love sports because... When they talk, man, they just they can bring up statistics. And it's, I think it's a wonderful thing. I think, I think it's beautiful because I can't remember anything because I'm not into sports like that. But ESPN is an organization that has mastered the art of taking highlights from a game, right, and putting those clips together. See, you can, you can catch the whole game in 30 seconds. They are a master at doing it. So what do they do? They show you the best dunk. They show you the best crossover. They show you the best three-point shot. Boom, all in a 30-minute blur. Bam, you know the whole game right there. They took all the highlights of what took place during the game. You know that the devil is a master at that too? See, what the devil does, he looks over your life. He can't see your future. He has to stop in the present. So what he does from the present back, he takes clips. He, he, he highlights, come on somebody, he highlights that disappointment and, and, and he shows it up on the screen. He highlights that pain and he shows it up on the screen. He highlights that negativity and he shows it up on the screen. And what you do, if you keep watching the highlights, you will get pickpocketed by the enemy. Sins retold. The enemy is going to retell your sins. The Bible says he is an accuser. <laughs> He's going to accuse you before God. He will go before God and say, see, I saw John Lofton. I saw what he did. And Jesus says, yes, he did it. But do you see my hands? Good God Almighty. See, it don't matter what we did because the blood of Jesus covers all sin. And Jesus said, yes, they did it, but daddy, <laughs> the holes in my hand will hold you. Hello, somebody. He's an accuser. It's the Greek word diabolos. It's the same word for devil. The enemy is a devil. The accuser is a devil, diabolos, to divide without a cause. And when you allow the devil to infiltrate your heart, he plants a little virus so that that screen continues to play over and over, past sins, past hurts, disappointments. And what does he do? He does it when you're in church. The moment you want to worship, and they say, he'll bring up some on the screen. Phew. You worship it. You, you just, oh, Lord, I just love you so much. Oh, God, I just, oh, thank you, Lord. I'm just wallowing in your presence. And what? And see, if you were like me, because I had a lot of <laughs> highlights. And if you're like me, when he would show me one, I don't know if you're like me or not. I, I would think everybody else saw it. You too. <laughs> I would be like, I'll see it, i go. And I'm thinking, did they see that too? Right? Because you're like, because it's, it's it, uh, am I by myself? Y'all looking at me strange like, what in the world is he? Am I I'm not by myself? Don't y'all leave me out there by myself like that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. 
Why am I thinking about this in church? I, I, I was being pickpocketed because nobody explained to me that I still had to work out my salvation. I thought because I was saved, I shouldn't have these thoughts. I, I shouldn't be remembering this stuff because I'm all I had to do was have faith. I was trying to have faith and I had screens. What I'm trying to get to, saints of God, is just because you're saved and you're sanctified and you're trying to live for God, we got a bully called guilt that's always going to creep up into your life when you least expect it. He can creep into a marriage. He can creep into relationships. He can creep up into your life and make you leave a good church. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? So that first one was, that's what Satan does. But listen, another one here is by others. That's the big one right there, by others. Because nobody can pick your pocket like a fake and phony friend. Do I need to say that again? Can nobody pick your pockets like a fake and phony friend? See, let me tell you how you know. Oh, I'm getting in the way. Let me tell you how. See, a good friend, when you, you, you know God has given you a vision for something, and you get real excited. When God shows you something, I, I don't know if you're like me, I get so excited. I, I'm like, I, 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 I mean, I know I pastor church, but let me tell you something. God don't talk to me every day. <laughs> Do he talk to you every day? He don't talk to me every day. Maybe you need to lay hands on me if he's talking to you every day. Sometimes he's quiet. I mean, he ain't saying nothing. I mean, I'm like, God, hold on, bro. I'm the pastor. You're supposed to be giving me favor. <laughs> and God look at me and go, boy, you ain't nothing. <laughs> you John Lofton, shut up. <laughs> I said, I know God. I was just testing you. <laughs> we got that kind of relationship. We, we joke together like that because he loves me. And he knows I'm just, I'm just rough on the edges. And so sometimes I don't, I'm, I'm not getting words every day. But when God speaks to me, I know it. I know it. And I know it's God. So you get excited when God speaks to you, amen? And so if you're excited about it, here you go, baby. I know you've been wanting this. And when you are excited about it, you want to just go tell somebody. And who do you want to tell? You want to tell the people that's closest to you. Why? Because, hey, listen, I want them to be excited with me because this might be a challenge. So I'm going to need somebody in my corner. So you, you, you all excited, and you call somebody up. Oh, oh, let me tell you what the Lord said. Boom, boom, boom. You tell them, you share it, and you go, girl, you know you can't do that. You know where you came from. You know I used to be with you when we used to. That might be a friend you need to go ahead and cut off. Because not all of your friends are going to be in agreement when God speaks to you, probably because God hasn't spoken to them yet. Right? You share something awesome, they want it for themselves. So to keep you from getting it, they would try to discourage you. Come on, somebody. Now, that's not everybody. I'm just saying, this can, this can be others who are trying to pick your pockets. It's not everybody. When you're around a good friend, you know it. Okay, so let me give you a good friend. A good friend will not only encourage you, they will help you. What can I do to get you there? How can I help you? You going where? I'm going with you. I am not going to let you go by yourself. I got you. I know you better than anybody else. I'm not going to let anybody hurt you. The moment they say something bad and negative about you, I'm going to stand up against them because I know you. Come on, somebody. This is the way we should be about the body of Christ. If somebody's speaking negative about God's house, I'll be the first one to stand up. If somebody says something negative about somebody in this church, you best believe Pastor John is going to raise up. What did you just say about them? I know them. You don't put your mouth on one of my members. And you should be doing the same thing for me. Oh, no, you don't put your mouth on my pastor. Hello? You know me. You are around me. You know what I preach. And see, the floodgates are getting ready to open, and people are going to get exposed to this ministry. And you best believe, I'm, I, I am not going to water down the word of God. 
And when you don't water down the word, that's when the whole world is going to come down against you, right? Because they want you to be complicit to sin. Ain't going to happen. Not going to happen. That's why I know I'll, I'll probably get on CNN one time. One time. It ain't going to take but one time. And they're going to say, no, nah, we can't bring him back. He brings too much conviction up in here. Hello, somebody. That's what we should be bringing. Our lifestyle should be convicting other people. I ain't here to play games with anybody. Let's talk about the response to guilt. So we talked about the reality, the reason. Now let's look at the response. I made it easy for you. I made them all R's. The reality. <laughs> I made it easy here. The reality. What was the second one? The reason, and now we're going to talk about the response. There are two responses, and I'm going to go ahead and put both of them up there right now. So there are two responses for the sake of time. The first response is disgusted by our sin. See, this is the right response because when we sin, we should immediately repent. Now, I have asked the Lord to convict me of, of every little sin. Any, anything, any thought, anything. I don't want anything to pickpocket the anointing that's on my life. Amen. Therefore, every little thing I have to repent for. It's like, oh, man, God, I'm sorry. I, oh, man, please forgive me, Lord. So, so you stay in a perpetual state of humility. Because the moment you think you got it is the moment the devil is going to prove you wrong. Because you can't put any trust in, in this flesh. Because in this flesh, there is no good thing. Amen? The moment you try to put, and the Bible also says, cursed is he who puts his trust in the arm of the flesh. Your flesh will always let you down. Always let you down. You have to stay in the spirit. You have to stay in a, in a perpetual state of repentance so that the Holy Ghost can continue to convict you. Because the worst thing for a Christian is for you to stop getting convicted about your sins. If you're no longer getting convicted, that means God has stepped away and said, have it your way. And the Bible says over there in the book of Romans chapter 1, he would turn you over to a reprobated mind. Now, let me explain what a reprobated-minded person is like. A reprobated-minded person is a person who does wrong. They know it's wrong, but they keep doing wrong. That's a reprobate. Now, is, 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 is there salvation for that person? You better know it. All you have to do is repent and come to the Lord. Amen. That's what's so good about this, this, this God that we serve. Amen. But listen, the next one is denial. Now, this is the worst one because this one right here, this right here probably have caused more people to leave this church than anything. This right here is where we will confront a person on something. And instead of repenting, they will deny it and leave. But you leave with your sins. And there's no repentance for you. Because you got to come back to us to repent from the original sin. And that's why people avoid because they never went back. They never went back to apologize when somebody tried to point something out. You know, you got some good friends that are around you. And you might be in something, and a good friend would say, you know, you need to watch that. And then if you don't watch yourself, you go, what you talking about? And that's a good friend trying to show you something. They might be seeing something you don't see. All right, y'all too quiet, so let me go ahead and dig a little bit. All right, so you're single. I know, I know it. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead on. <laughs> can I, can I <laughs> so I was doing so good until that very moment, right, Jatana? <laughs> so th this is what I'm saying here, and, and I want all the single people, please read my book and read chapter one, because chapter one is called Yoked But Not Equal. And see, here's the deal. You might have somebody in your life that's trying to show you some Mm, some things about a person. Let me just put it that way. Not, not to be evil or mean, 
But if you have not guarded your heart, you will think, oh, you just jealous. No, they're not jealous. That, that, they, they're just, they, they got your, your best interest in mind, and they, they're, trying to, they're trying to tell you something so that you can see it. Is this making sense at all, guys? And, and there have been times when relationships have been hurt because a person tried to do what was right, and they were ridiculed for it. So what did they do? They pulled back from you so that you can go ahead and make that decision and if you don't watch it you will still be angry with that person thinking that they just wanted to mess up your relationship no they were just trying to show you something and then years later here come the flags and then you go back to your friend and your friend said girl i was trying to tell you girl i know i wasn't listening <laughs> don't deny it See, that's the worst thing you can do is deny your mistakes if you made a mistake i'm sorry Listen, let me, let me give it to married people now. You good? All right. Married folks. <laughs> see, with the married people, see, one of the hardest things to do is to say, honey, I'm sorry. Why is that so hard? That is hard, man. That's not many words. Honey, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Isn't that seven words? Six. <laughs> right? It's just, it's just <sighs> but we have to say it. Why? Because we would rather be reconciled than to be right. Is there anything in here that maybe the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you about that you need to leave at this altar today? Here's the last little thing I want you to write down. Check this out. You can deny guilt, attempt to minimize it, rationalize it, or blame others. But the only solution to prevent your past from pickpocketing your future is through confession and repentance. God has the solution. Now, I don't know who God is speaking to this morning, but I do believe that just like Wednesday night, God is here to do some things in your life, to deliver you from some things. And last Sunday I told you that there are layers in people that sometimes God has to peel back certain layers from your life. And that's okay. But let him do the peeling. Let him begin to show you the treasure that he has inside of you. Because there is treasure inside of each and every one of you. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number 3.org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.